Well, good morning, everybody. Please feel free to take your seats. Um, perhaps we can just take a moment to appreciate and thank the worship team. Can we just give them a round of applause? Thanks, guys. We really appreciate you. One of the things that I love, there's many things I love about this church, but one of the things I love is, is, is how we, we are a people devoted to spending time in God's presence and worship, and, and you guys lead us in such an amazing way. If you don't know me, my name is Mark Simpson, part of the church, and uh, Piers asked me to speak this morning, and I'm really excited uh, for what God wants to do today. Do you share the same feeling? <laughs> And um, we are in the middle of a series, um, I trust that you are enjoying it, and the series that we're doing is called Conversations with Jesus. Um, I love that picture, I love just the invitation that it carries, but we've been talking about not just us having conversations with him, but the fact that Jesus loves to have conversations with us. And I was thinking this week in preparation for today that the, the, the heart, the essence, I believe the primary passion of the gospel and of, of Jesus is that we could have friendship with him. How many of you would agree with that? Okay, we're not here just to, as I prayed earlier on, just to go through the motions and you know, just read our Bibles because it's the right thing to do, which is a good thing to do. Please make sure you're doing that. But all of that is an invitation to friendship with Jesus. And how many of you know that at the, at the, at the core of friendship with anybody is communication? Okay, if you're not communicating, then it's hard to grow in friendship. And, and God's desire is to have friendship with us. But, but, but the heart of that is that we can communicate with him and that he wants to communicate with us. In other words, God wants to speak into our hearts. And, and the voice of the Holy Spirit is something that I think is easier to hear than maybe we think it is. How many of you kind of like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can hear God. Anyone feel like that? Only me. Wow, you guys are amazing. Hey, like, wow. So I, just be honest with you, sometimes I'm like, God, I don't know, am, am I hearing you? Can I hear you? you? You know, things, thoughts go through your mind, like, oh, I haven't been good enough, and I've messed up, and is it okay? Or can I hear your voice? Or was that me? Was that God? Was that the enemy? I don't know. But, but God wants to come and speak into our hearts. And so this morning, as we go into the story that Piers asked me to speak about, I, I feel like God wants to speak to you this morning. Anybody ready for that? Okay, and so, so why don't we ask Jesus to give us ears to hear? And, and, and I often try and tell my kids that God doesn't, in my experience, doesn't always speak so much to these ears. He speaks in here. And we can learn the language of the Holy Spirit. And so often we hear him through the word of God. We hear him through pictures. Uh, however you hear, but God is gonna speak to us this morning. So can we be ready and expectant for what he wants to say? And I'm gonna share a few thoughts and then we're gonna pray for people um, this morning. So Father, I ask that you would speak to us, that you would anoint this word, and that you would cause your word to come alive in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? All right, so this morning, um, Piers asked me to speak um, under this topic, Conversations with Jesus. Um, we're going to talk about the story in John chapter 11, which is the story of Jesus and Lazarus. Has anyone read that story before? Um, when, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, we're going to talk about that, and I've entitled this little message, Awakened and Untied, because God's passion, I believe, is to cause our hearts to come alive but he also wants to bring freedom to, to our journey with him, our life, that we could live that John 10, 10 life, which is the abundant life that he has promised uh, for each and every one of us. So in John chapter 11, for the sake of time, I'm actually not gonna read the whole passage to you. I'm gonna tell you the story, and then we're gonna look at a few scriptures, and then I, I believe that God's gonna speak to us. So John chapter 11 is the story of, of Jesus who has this friend called Lazarus. And Lazarus is the 
the brother of Mary and Martha. Um, and they, over the period of time, have become good friends with Jesus. Now, now Jesus is somewhere else at the beginning of the story, and he's ministering with his disciples. Um, but Lazarus is at, at home in a place called Bethany with his two sisters. And I don't know what happened, but Lazarus began to be, to be, to be ill. He was sick. Now, now, because they had friendship with Jesus, they had seen him, they had spent time with him, they had gotten to know his heart. So the two sisters, they send word um, to the disciples and to Jesus to say, your friend Lazarus, in fact, it says, the one whom you love, I just love that, the one whom you love, he, he, is, he is sick. In other words, they're going, like, this, this is not looking good. Lazarus is going downhill, all right? We need to get him. We just know that if Jesus, if you are here, it's gonna be okay. But I, I guess there's a, bit of panic, there's a bit of fear, there's a bit of, this is not looking good, but there's a confidence that if Jesus is there, everything is going to be okay. So they send word and they say, the one that you love is, is sick. I'll come back to that in a moment. So he hears this kind of request and what does Jesus do? If you've read the story, it's crazy because he doesn't immediately respond. I don't know if you experienced that in your walk with him. Like, how many of you prayed prayers? You're trusting God for breakthrough. Jesus, come and heal me. Set me free. Do this. And, like, and he, doesn't, he doesn't come. Like, have you experienced that or is it just me? Okay. So he doesn't come. I, God, I don't understand. So it says he carries on ministering for another, I think, two or three days. And then all of a sudden he turns to his disciples and he says, guys, we need to go back to Bethany because we need to wake Lazarus up. All right. So the disciples you know, you've got to love the disciples. I'm sure I would have been the same. They're like, they don't get it immediately. And they're like, no, but Lord, surely if your friend Lazarus is sick, then if he's sleeping, let's just leave him. He'll be okay, because that's a good thing and he's going to recover. And like, the Lord's like, okay, guys, you don't get it. He's dead, all right. Okay, oh, okay, maybe we should do something about that. So, so Jesus says, we're going to go back now and we're going to go to Bethany and Thomas and the guys are saying stuff. Yo, we're going to go and die with him. Like Peter, you're like, we're gonna, I'm going to die with you. And I don't think they really knew what they were talking about. But they, so they go back to Bethany. And by this stage, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And, and as you can imagine, Mary and Martha, like number one, they're grieving, yeah, because their brothers died. But number two, they don't understand. And, and I guess their hearts are wrestling with so-called unanswered prayer. Would, would you agree with that? Like they're hurting, they're grieving, they're in a place of pain, but they're also in a place of wrestling because I've prayed, I thought you would come, but, but you didn't. And, and sometimes we can relate to that because God doesn't seem to always answer our prayers in the way, yeah, and the time that we expect him to. You know what I'm talking about? But it doesn't mean he's not answering your prayer because maybe he's got something bigger and better in mind that if you could see through his eyes, you would go, oh, I get it, please don't come too soon because I can see you doing something and you want to do something in, in, in my life. So he comes back into this environment of grief and he says, like, where's your brother? Like, well, he's dead, he's in the tomb. And he says, well, we, 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 we're gonna go to, to the tomb. So when they get to the tomb, by this stage, a whole crowd is kind of, like, they wanna see what's going on. Jesus has done a few cool things and like, I, like what's gonna happen now? And they get to the tomb and I, and I love this because, because Jesus asks for the stone to be rolled away, but even before that, it says that Jesus was deeply moved. He was deeply moved to the point where it says, John 11, I think it's verse 35, it says that he began to weep. In other words, something happened in the heart of Jesus towards what was going on around them. 
this compassion towards around him, this compassion rose up in his heart, but I love that it wasn't just compassion. Compassion changed to action, yeah? And then he says, roll away the stone because this man is dead, he's in the grave, he's, he's been dead for four days. And what does Jesus do? He speaks life into death. He speaks hope into a hopeless situation. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus is raised from the dead. He stands up in the tomb, comes out of the tomb, but he's still wrapped with these grave clothes around him. And, and, and I think Jesus is excited that he's alive, but what does he then do? It says he turns to those that are around him, his disciples, the crowd, and he says, untie this man. Um, in one translation, it says, loose him, let him go. Another translation says, unbind this man. Why? Because Jesus not only wanted him alive, he wanted him free, okay? And so when we look at the story, I believe it's... It's a great story. Would you agree with me? I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. But I think the story carries a prophetic edge. In other words, there's stuff in the story that God wants to say to you. And we're talking about conversations with Jesus. I feel like there's stuff in the story that if we were to sit down with him, there are a few things that he would want to say to us. Okay, so do you have ears to hear? I believe that you do. Here's what I see in the story. The first thing that I see in the story is I see I see the heart of God towards Lazarus. Okay, I, I've, I've actually preached this message, this story, hundreds of times, but this week when I was preparing, something grabbed my heart when I began to read about the heart of God towards Lazarus. Now, it, it's at the beginning of the story, Mary and Martha say, the one that you love, yes, is, is sick. Now, I know in the story, the sickness is a physical condition. Happy with that? Okay, it's, he's, he's physically ill. But if you read the Bible, you will discover that often the word sickness is used with another meaning and it often refers to the state of our hearts when separated from God, okay? So I look at that and I go, what if the prophetic message in the story is not just that Lazarus, Jesus loves Lazarus and he's coming to heal him from a physical condition. What if this is a picture, a perspective of the heart of God towards all of humanity, whether you're following Jesus or not? Does that make sense? What if he's saying, the one that you love, who is the one that you love that is sick? It's all of humanity. What are you saying? Guys, I want you to, I want to sit down with you and I want to tell you my heart towards all of humanity and you in particular is a heart of love. Now, I know you might be saying, yes, I know that. You know, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to experience it. And I really believe that what God wants to do right up front this morning is that God wants to say to you, I love you and I care about you and I care about everybody on this planet. Whether you love me or not, whether you're walking with me or not, whether you're rebelling against me, my heart does not change towards you. I love you and I came to die on a cross so that you could be restored to my love. Amen. And I think it's so important that we get that, one, for ourselves, but two, how many of you know that God wants to send us out into this world and represent him? And, 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 and how do we represent him? Well, you represent him according to how you know him, okay? And if we're being sent out into this world, God wants us to carry his heart to this world. And his heart is not to judge or condemn. His heart is to bring life to people because he loves people. And I'm praying that that would fill your heart this morning, that you would experience that, but that you would carry that to wherever you go. That's the first thing I see. I think secondly, under this kind of, point, if you like, of the heart of God, it's, it's what I'm so touched by is how Jesus was deeply moved by what was going on in this situation. Now, now, now just picture this for a moment. This guy is dead, all right? The family is, is broken. 
But how many of you know Jesus knew what was about to happen in about 30 seconds time? Would you agree? Well, he's the son of God. He knows. Like, like he's not nervous. Oh my goodness, Lazarus has died. It's the end of the... No, he knows I'm coming to raise you to life. So here stands Jesus. Here's the family. Lazarus is dead. He knows in about 30 seconds the whole atmosphere of that environment is about to change from one to, of defeat to one of victory. Are you, are you with me? But yet, what does Jesus do? He weeps. I'm like, why are you upset? Because it's not about what's about to happen. It's about the fact that Jesus identifies with the pain that we're in in the moment we're in it, even though he knows the outcome is going to be good. So Jesus was deeply moved. Why? He was deeply moved by the grief and the pain that Mary and Martha and the rest of the family were experiencing. Even though he knew victory was about to come, he identified with where they were at. And I feel like this morning, if the Lord were to sit down with you, I have a sense in my heart that there are people, and this is not even prophetic because this is life, people are going through stuff. How many of you are going through stuff? Oh my goodness, it's just me. Okay, well, there we go. I see that hand, hallelujah. All right, like, like Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's like, oh my goodness, we're in pain. No, he said, you're gonna have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we go through stuff. Here's what I feel God wants to say to you. I know. And, and not only do I know, but I care. And not only do I care, I'm deeply moved by what moves you. I'm deeply moved by what moves you because what moves you moves me. Why? Because you matter to me. And I feel like God wants to come to people this morning who might be going through some tough situations and maybe some trials and some tests, which is just part of life and I'm not prophesying it, but you will again, glory to God, go through difficult times. That's what happens in this life. Here's what you need to know is that Jesus wants to say to you, I know and I care and I love you. And even though I know I'm about to bring victory to your life, the fact that you are in pain makes me feel pain because I love you more than you can imagine. Isn't that, isn't that good news? And so maybe that can be an encouragement to someone this morning. But, but if we take it a step further, not only is he moved, not only does he weep, compassion turns to action. And what does he do? He doesn't go, I'm so sorry, and then he leaves. No, no, no. He goes, I, I feel what you feel, but this is not going to end in death. This is going to end in life. And he says, roll away the stone. Ah, I can't wait to see that DVD. Hey? Isn't that going to be amazing? Like, roll away the stone. And Jesus speaks life into death and hope into hopelessness. He loves to change the season and turn it around and do a miracle. What if today God wants you to know, I love you, I care about you, but I'm coming to do a miracle in your life. Anybody excited about that this morning? And you know, maybe sometimes when you've been walking through stuff for a season, sometimes we're tempted to start to doubt, okay? I, I know what that feels like. I'm, like. I'm like that guy who said to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. I'm like, which one is it? Like, how many of you believe? I believe, but sometimes when you walk through a situation, you believe, but you have unbelief. Yeah, you're like, I know you can do it, but I'm, I'm struggling right now. Okay, I've, I've been there. And I understand that. But he wants to come and rekindle your faith and your conviction that God is good and that he's not sitting on the sidelines watching, even though your prayer is feeling like they're hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down. He's going, I hear you, I'm with you, and I am the one who can bring resurrection life to your situation. Someone say amen to that. Okay, so that's the first thing I see in the story is that God, Jesus, is deeply moved by your life and, 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 and by my life. 
The second thing I see in this story is, is what Jesus awakens Lazarus's heart to. So, so he, he speaks life into that grave, into that tomb. He, he, he begins to prophesy. He says, come out, Lazarus, waken up. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb. But, but if you read the story, what, what was going on with Lazarus? He was awake, but he was bound with these grave clothes that were around him. Okay, in other words, I like to imagine the story. I'm thinking Lazarus is coming out like... I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure, but he's, he's bound with grave clothes. And if you understand, like, the burial kind of tradition, culture in the Middle East, when they put someone in a tomb, they didn't just go, off you go. They, they bound them from head to toe. So there's <laughs> a walking bandage coming out of the tomb. So he's awake, he's alive, but he's not yet free. Jesus wants to untie this man. He wants to awaken him. He wants to untie him. But one of the things that kind of just God showed me this week is that his face would have been covered with, with bandages, with grave clothes. And they would have begun to unravel, untie. And when, when that bandage that came off of his, his eyes, when that came off, what was the first thing that he would have seen? I think he would have seen Jesus. Yeah? I think he would have seen the face of Jesus. And as I read this, I felt like God said to me, Mark, here's my primary passion, is to awaken your heart to my face. It's to awaken your heart to friendship with me. So he comes to us and he, he loves us and he's for us, but he's sitting next to us like two people on a couch and he's going, son, my deepest desire is to walk with you and to be a friend with you. Now, I, I know that as I've walked through trials and tests, one of the things that I do, which probably is wrong, is I'm like, my prayer life in a testing time is like, Jesus, just take this thing away from me. Yeah, come on, be honest with me. Yeah, are you with me? But like, just, Lord, let the pressure go. Lord, let the season change. Let the issue get sorted. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I've been waiting a whole 24 hours. Or maybe a year or two or three or four. But we're praying. We say, God, change the circumstance. But what if the gift that God wants to give you, what if the gold that God wants to give you is not just changed circumstance? What if it's a changed heart? What if he wants to use the trial, the test, the journey that you're on Yes, he wants to bring freedom to it, but what if he wants to use that to cause your heart to turn towards him? What if the gold is not what happens around you? What if the gold is what happens inside you? Now, I know he cares about what's going on around you, but I've learned on my journey with the Lord that he seems to be maybe a little bit more interested in, in me learning how to walk with him, especially when the season hasn't changed. Does that make sense to anybody? And so, so Lazarus is awakened. The circumstance changed, yes, but he's awakened to friendship. He's awakened to love. He's awakened to Jesus. And I believe this morning, if we were to sit next to the Lord, he would say, I love you and I care about you. But even though you're going through some stuff, will you allow me to work such in your heart that your heart will turn towards me and find strength and courage in the midst of the season by friendship with me, even if the circumstance doesn't change immediately? Does that make sense? I know, and I'm telling you this because I'm preaching to myself this morning. I said to my daughter on the way here this morning, I said, you know, when I prepared this message, like, ho I hope everyone's blessed, but I actually feel like I'm preaching to myself, okay? Because we've been through some stuff even in our lives and our family. We've been through some trials and some tests, and I've been saying, God, just change the season. And I'm, I'm sure he will at some point, but I'm learning that what's more important is what happens in here. And can I turn towards him? Can I praise him? Can I worship him? Can I give him my life irrespective of what goes on around me? I was remembering, I don't know if I said it now or the first service, I can't remember, but I was remembering this morning in the book of Acts 
when Paul and Silas are in prison. Remember that story, Acts chapter something, can't remember. And, and they're in prison, and, and like, that's bad, hey? I mean, like, just being whipped and beaten, like, what a day as a Christian. has got hammered and smashed, beaten, whipped. I'm now in prison. Like, every reason to moan and complain. But what did they do? Have you read the story? What did they do? They began, they're like, this is the best time. Where's Brian? Man, we're gonna get the guitar out. We're gonna get worshiping. Even if Brian's not there, I'm gonna start to praise Jesus in the midst of the pain. I'm like, no, are you serious? Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And as they began to praise him in the midst of the pain, God came and he moved amongst them and he, and he, and he, and he, and he broke the chains and he set them free. There's power in turning to him no matter what's going on around you. Amen, does that make sense? So, so number one, what would he say to you? He would say, I love you. I, I'm moved by what moves you. I'm gonna act on your behalf, but, but maybe here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get your heart to turn towards me, that you would walk with me, that you would see me, that I would be so beautiful and amazing that it almost wouldn't matter what's going on around you. Okay, that's the second thing. But the third thing I see in the story is this untying. And I see he awakens Lazarus to life. He awakens him to friendship but it's not enough that his heart has just come alive. It's not enough that he's just saved. We sometimes talk about the gospel and we go, it's just about getting a ticket to heaven. No, it's not about that. It's about friendship, but actually the ministry of Jesus came to untie people. So he unties Lazarus, he unravels him. And when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I read the gospels, I read my Bible, I see that Jesus seemed to be really concerned, not just with the hearts of people, he seemed to be concerned with every part of their lives. So if somebody was sick, what would he do? Oh, God bless you. Next time I come. No, no, what, what, what did he do? He healed them. It doesn't matter what it was, he healed them. He set them free. If somebody was bound by oppression and depression and the enemy, he would, he would untie them. He would set them free. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not just about hearts being encouraged. It's about bodies being healed. It's about minds being set free. It's about all of heaven invading every part of my life and my being. So when he unties Lazarus, I think the message for us is this. I want to heal you. I want to set you free. And this morning, we're going to pray in a moment for people to experience that. At the end of the first service, we opened up the space. We had some leaders come down. And we said, if you want to be untied and set free, come to the front. People came down like there was not many people left. Everyone was, was here. <laughs> and we got to pray for people. And God was moving people's lives. And, and I got to pray for this one gentleman. He came down. And he said, Mark, I'm supposed to have an operation on my shoulder. And he said, I said, well, like, what's happening? And he said, I can only get my arm to about there. I said, right, let's pray, because God wants to untie you. Put my hand on his shoulder, prayed a simple prayer, Jesus, please, would you untie this man and heal him? And then I said, okay, do you want to try and do something? And he went, Whoosh. he's like, whoa, what's happening? I'm like, are you sure? You're not just like, he's like, no, it's, it's, it's better. It's not complex. This is what Jesus does. He comes to us out of love. He comes to awaken our hearts, but he comes to untie us. He comes to unravel us. And I feel like there's people even in this room who, who have been going through sickness and various things, not just, oh, I got a bit of a cold. If you do, we'd love to pray for your cold to leave. But, but there's people who've been suffering for years. I've just, as I said that, I just had this vision of the woman touching the hem of Jesus' garment. She'd been bleeding for how long? Anyone know? Like 12 years or like loads of years. She'd been suffering for years and she touched the hem of his garment and instantly the power of God went from Jesus to this woman and her bleeding stopped on the spot. And I believe that this morning there are people who've been suffering with things for years. We wanna pray for you. We wanna untie you, unravel you because God wants to set you free, spirit, soul, and body. Somebody say amen to that. Okay. 
But he not only wants to untie you from a bunch of stuff, he wants to untie you for a purpose. Okay? And the purpose, I believe, is to bring freedom to your heart and your life that you could carry the presence of God wherever you go. God has purpose for your life. And we're, we're going to come out of defeat. We're going to walk into victory. Yes, life still happens, but we get, God wants to make us a victorious people who are overcomers, who can carry this message of life and hope to the world in which we live. There's a beautiful story in the, in the Gospels where Jesus asks the disciples to go and get a donkey. I don't know if you remember the story. He wants to ride on the donkey into Jerusalem and he sends for them to get the donkey and he says, go and untie the donkey, okay? And then they untie the donkey, remember? Awakened, untied. And the donkey comes and Jesus sits on the donkey and rides on the donkey into Jerusalem. Here's the thing. He's untying you because he wants to rest upon you. He's untying you because he wants to be upon your life. He not only wants to heal you and forgive you and liberate you. No, no, he has a purpose for every single one of your lives. That is to be a carrier of the presence of God. So tell your neighbor, I am a donkey. Okay, you don't have, you don't have, you don't have to confess that. I'm just joking. Okay. No, what, who, who am I? I'm a son that is loved and I'm a carrier of the presence of God. That's who you are. Come on, people, who are you? We are sons and daughters that are loved by God, but we are carriers of the presence of God. He wants to rest upon you and go upon your life everywhere you go. It's your family, your workplace, the school that you're in, wherever you find yourself, he's liberating you for a purpose. Does that make sense to anybody? Okay, so what am I saying? Here's what I believe God is saying to us this morning. I believe that he's saying that he loves us. Amen. I believe he's saying, I'm deeply moved by what you're going through right now. But I also believe he's saying, I'm, I'm coming to you to bring life to death, to bring hope to hopelessness. Okay? But I'm also coming to awaken your heart to the greatest gift, the invitation of friendship with God. Can you see what I am doing rather than what's going on around you? I'm wanting your heart to turn towards me. But I'm also coming to untie you, to set you free, to heal your body, to release your mind from depression. Whatever's going on in your life, I'm coming to work in you. Why? Because I have a purpose for you, and that's to carry the presence of God to the world in which you live. That's the conversation I think he would be having with us this morning. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So that was part one. We're not going to pray for people. All right? So this is not your cue to leave. Please don't go anywhere. Um, I think the word of God is an invitation to an encounter with him. Okay, if we just preach the word and we go, bye-bye, God bless you, look, it's fine to do that sometimes, but actually, that's not enough. Like, I wanna give space for people to respond and God wants to touch your lives and he wants to move in your hearts. And so Brian's gonna lead us in a bit of just quiet music in the background. Can we, can we all stand to, to our feet? Um, and I'm gonna ask, as we stand, if maybe there are some of the leaders in the church, deacons, connect group leaders, elders, whatever, you're, whatever you are, if you are one of those people, won't you come and stand down at the front and just stand down here and face the people because I want to ask that you would pray for people in a moment. Mel, come and join me as well. Um, that'll, be, that'll be amazing. Come on, Gareth. Has this spoken to anybody today? Has this encouraged your heart? Maybe one or two people? No. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. I love you so much. You're amazing. Has this ministered to anybody? Have you, are you feeling encouraged? Okay. All right, so... Let's just close our eyes for a moment. And just with, with every eye closed and just focusing on, on the Lord for a moment. I wanna pray firstly for people who need, they need to know that God is there. 
they, they need to know that God is good. They need, to, they need to know that God is moved by their lives and what they're going through. And that they're saying, God, I need some hope on this journey. I need some courage on this journey. Lord, would you, would you do a miracle in my life? I believe that God wants to encourage you this morning and fill you with His confidence and His strength and His faith. And so if you would like us to pray for you, I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front, just where you are. I'm just gonna ask you, if you want prayer, if you're saying, Mark, would you, would you pray that God would encourage me on my journey and breathe hope into my life? Just put up your hands. Just high to the heavens. Don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. Thank you so much. Lots of hands going up. Just raise your hands high. And we're just gonna pray. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come and whisper into your heart. Maybe He wants to give you a promise. You know, for me, I would say that the most valuable thing I have on my journey is the promise of God. Every time it gets hard, every time I feel like, oh God, is this gonna go anywhere? I go, what did you say, Lord? And I hold on to the promise of God because the one who promises, he is faithful. So maybe as we pray for you this morning, not only does God want to encourage your heart, maybe he wants to give you a promise. This is who I am, my child. I'm not gonna let you go. I've got you. I love you. Maybe he even wants to come and stand by you and say, I'm willing to weep with you because I love you so much. I know the outcome, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna weep with you because I care. I care about you. So Jesus, thank you for this, these beautiful people that are here today. Father, I pray that you would be the God of all encouragement to each of our hearts. I pray that you would breathe hope and life. Lord, for those of us who feel dead, do a miracle. Resurrect our lives, Jesus. I feel like God's saying, don't let go of me. Don't let go of what I've said over your life. The book of Isaiah says that he watches over his word. His word will not return to him void of power. It will do the thing that he sent it to do. God says, I might be slow in the way you see things, but I'm always on time. So God, would you encourage your people this morning? Would we leave this place, Lord, filled with a fresh hope, filled with, with new beginnings and life, Jesus? Just take a deep breath in, every single one of you. Just, just, just take a deep breath in. As you're doing that, just imagine you're breathing in the hope of heaven, breathing in the presence of Jesus. Say, God, fill my heart with courage. Fill my heart with perseverance and steadfastness. But Jesus, come and speak into my tomb today, Lord. Come and bring resurrection life to my heart today, Lord. And maybe for some of us, we need to put on a garment of praise. Isaiah 61 says, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Like Paul and Silas, we put on a, a declaration of praise. We're saying, God, I can't see the outcome, but I can see you. And I'm gonna praise you because you can see the outcome. So Lord, do that in their lives today.